Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. It's a special and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Just 
just take put yourself back and take yourself back when you were a kid and uh, you enjoyed that Halloween when you got all that candy and you know it's a lot of fun. Well, Mike, I tell you what, I don't I don't really know where to start this week. We have so much so many things going on. Obviously, the Colts are coming back here without Dallas Clark. That game is Monday night. It's the rematch for Indianapolis. Houston got them good the first week of the season, and it was the monster, Arian Foster, uh, burst onto the scene. I guess that's as good a place to start as any, Mike. Uh, Indianapolis comes back without Dallas Clark. Uh, Reggie Wayne has been hobbled a little bit here. Uh, we're we're going to have to worry about him. He did practice this week. Uh, he was a little bit limited this week, but he did come out and, and practice on on Friday. Um, right, and and you've got uh, you've got Garcon a little dinged up. He did practice all week. Adai is is not playing, Mike, and so I don't know if this Donald Brown this he gets his shot. He did practice on Friday with his hammy. What do you think here, Donald Brown, Mike Hart? What do you do if you have these two guys on your team? Well, you know I like the, you know I, I think it's going to be kind of fun to work backwards with the schedule. Uh, put it this way, uh, first off, Monday night was Houston at uh, Indianapolis. Uh, I really love Garcon in this matchup. I think Garcon, I mean, he knows he needs to play. He has to play. Uh, Crawford's going to make sure that he's going to be in that lineup. Uh, Mike Hart, Mike Hart's going to make an impact. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be pretty limited. Uh, I see uh, Pierre Garcon being the guy and Reggie Wayne being a huge, uh, huge factor there. Um and the other side of that, though, is, uh, you know, Indianapolis, they know that they have to beat Houston this time around because Houston, they got them earlier this year. And uh, when I look at uh, what the Houston Texans are bringing, uh, Arian Foster, I don't see a drop-off much at all from what he did on the first game. So, I I mean, I think Arian Foster is going to do just as good or better uh, maybe not the fantasy points that we want to see, but that might open it up for uh, Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson could have a huge game. Uh, Matt Schaub, uh, he's just waiting and waiting to break out. So, uh, you know, I, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Houston Texans keep this game very, very close. And uh, if you're looking for a player on the uh, Indianapolis Coast side, uh, it could be uh, – it's going to have to be Reggie Wayne or uh, – Jacob Tammy. Could, could be Jacob Tammy with the, the new tight end here in Indianapolis. Remember, we saw Tammy in the preseason when Dallas Clark was dinged up, Mike, and Peyton Manning was finding him. He, he looked like he was throwing a Vernon Davis out there just 30 yards down the field. He's seen patterns across the middle. These things, I mean, Peyton is going to be uh, facing the number 31 defense against wide receivers in the league, the Houston Texans. He's going to. It's still Peyton Manning we're talking about. I don't care who he has out there, Blair White, Pierre Garçon, Reggie Wayne. He's got weapons. They're going to do a lot of four wide receiver sets is what I'm hearing out here in Indy, Mike. A lot of four wide receiver sets. They're going to bring in Tammy. They're going to bring in a little bit of everything, kind of mix it up against Houston. And then you've got Andre Johnson on the other side of the field. You've got Jacoby Jones. But they're going to try to push around the the Colts' D-line like they did the last time, right? I mean, it wasn't a contest. It was actually – just a horrible display by the Colts, but the coaching staff in Indianapolis, they really feel like it was uh, execution on their part. It wasn't talent. It was execution on the Colts' part that it's correctable and that Arian Foster is not going to do what he did week one. But I'm not so convinced, Mike. I'm a little worried. Uh, If you have Arian Foster, you are just licking your chops here for a a Monday night game, Mike. I mean, it's it's Arian Foster versus the Wolves right here. Yeah, exactly, and you got to look at the matchups, and uh, you know, Indy, you know, they can't go by their name alone. I mean, they're gonna have to make the plays, and Houston matches up great with Indy, and that's why I love Arian Foster in this matchup. I love uh, uh, Andre Johnson in this matchup. I love Matt Schaub. I, I mean, you know, this is gonna be a shootout because Indianapolis's defense is not that good. Yeah, well, I tell you what, they, they've got to put up with Owen Daniels, too. He's been limited all week. It really felt like Daniels was back before the bye week. He's had another week to rest, and, and he was limited all week again in practice. So, I don't know. That knee is, is a little more injured than everybody likes to think, but uh, he he did he was limited in practice all week. He will be out there. 
And, uh, hey, look, the Colts are a very good defense against tight ends, number one in the league. So I'm not real convinced that you start Owen Daniels at this point, especially with him being gimpy. Mike, they're talking about Miami. Uh, they're talking about Miami in the chat room, so I want to just go ahead and switch to that game real quick. I hope you have the spreads on these games. Miami and Cincinnati, uh, wow, Palmer finally practicing today with this hip injury that he has. T.O. finally practicing today uh, with that hand injury. These are two guys that are pivotal to this team's success, and they're playing a Miami team. Mike, I don't really know. I can't figure out. I can't figure out who the number one wide receiver is in Miami. I mean, is it is it Marshall or is it Best? Because Best has been getting a ton of work. He had seven targets last week, six catches and a touchdown. Marshall, they throw the deep ball for him, but he, but he's on, another guy. Only five catches. They're playing Pittsburgh last week, uh, or, or they played Pittsburgh last week, and now they they get another matchup against the Bengals, which which has very respectable defense on those. On those corners, what do you see here? Who is it? Is it Bass? Is it Marshall? What's going on? Well, you know what? Uh, Marshall's going to be the guy in Miami. Uh, but Bass is going to get a ton of touches. Uh, he's going to get he's going uh, to get his load. Uh, right now the spread is uh, Cincinnati is a two-point favorite. Uh, the over and under is 43-and-a-half. So that screams of uh, a few points being scored on both sides of the field. Uh, when they say that 43-and-a-half with Cincinnati being at home, um, you know, they're, they're just saying that, well, uh, Carson Palmer's going to uh, throw one to uh, uh, Ocho Cinco or uh, T.O. And uh, Miami, they're going to they're gonna probably throw one. And who's it going to be? Is it going to be Brandon Marshall or Devon Best? I don't know. I would say, uh, I would say Brandon Marshall. But Devon Bess has been a uh, he's been an X factor for him. But uh, Cincinnati minus two and uh, 40, 43 and a half uh, against a Miami team that is very tough against a run. Very tough. I mean their defense is outstanding. Forty three and a half points. Woo! That, that yeah. screams under to so, me. Hey, you know where is that coming from? You know, look, uh, the Cincinnati put up a ton of. Stats last week against Atlanta. Palmer went 36 for 50 for 400 yards with three touchdowns and no picks against the Falcons last week. And, and look, that gives him three very strong games this season with 345 or more passing yards. And I'm telling you, I'm looking at these stats. He's thrown multiple touchdowns in three straight games. And, and so week eight, it's a, it's a matchup with the Dolphins. They've allowed over 300 passing yards in each of the last two games, Mike. So, you know, I, I'm just watching this here. Uh, Palmer's been somewhat inconsistent, but he has enough weapons around him. Mike, I'm looking at targets right here. Terrell Owens is number two in the league in targets, okay? This this team is built uh, – this is what they wanted to do. Everybody kind of doubted whether or not they, they could get it done, but they retooled the offense. Look at Oto. 16 targets last week, and T.O. 13 targets, and this Shipley kid, 6 for 131. They're drafting for it. They, they pulled in free agency for it. They really wanted to redefine and put weapons around Palmer with Gresham, and, and they're doing it. So I think that's, gonna, I think that's really going to continue this week against a Miami offense that's, that, that's proven that, you know, they can uh, get forced get, uh, through the air. Scott, you know, I, I really got to – I got to disagree here because the reason I, I say that is because Miami's defense is very tough. Their their front four, their front seven, their front eight. When they bring it, then you know there, there's going to come a time where Cincinnati has to decide either we're going to have to run this ball to keep this defense honest, or Carson Carson Palmer is going to be on his butt all day long, and he will not have an opportunity to get it to. Ocho Cinco or T.O. or Gresham or any of them because he's going to be looking at five guys right in his face. So, you know, the the deal between the, the deal in this game is going to be Cedric Benson. If Cincinnati wants to win this game, Cedric Benson has to produce. Okay. All right. Well, I, I can see that. Let me move on. We're, we're talking about quarterbacks, and we're talking about Aaron and out, Mike. Buffalo plays at KC this week, and, and there's not been a hotter quarterback in the league than Ryan Fitzpatrick, Mike. Now, listen, I know a lot of people are going to laugh at this, and, 
And I think a lot of people are, are feeling extremely fortunate right now that they grabbed Ryan Fitzpatrick off the waiver wire this week. They might have got him for cheap this week. Mike, did you know that Fitzpatrick has as many touchdowns as Kyle Orton does with three fewer starts? Mike, he has more than Joe Flacco and Eli Manning. And he has fewer interceptions than Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Phillip Rivers. This guy's been putting the ball up on average 32 times per game over his last four. And that's not going to change here or ever as long as the Bills can't run effectively. So, look, Kansas City's secondary is good, but so was Baltimore's last week. And and Fitzpatrick torched him, let's face it. So, I like this kid. Yeah, well, Scott, uh, two weeks ago – I was I had a dilemma. I had uh, Joe Flacco and Eli Manning as my two starting quarterbacks. Uh, idiot me uh, drafted them both on the same bye week. So uh, I picked up uh, Dave Garrard a few weeks ago, and he had a concussion. So I dropped him, and uh, my first pickup was uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he had a great week, and, you know, what I saw out of this kid is unbelievable. Uh, he has the talent. I mean, you take a look at his last two weeks stats versus any other quarterback in the NFL, and it is amazing for a team that he's on. And he's opened up Lee Evans. I mean, Lee Evans was, let's face it, Lee Evans was dormant until Ryan Fitzpatrick took, started taking the snaps. So, uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick in this game uh, could be huge. I mean, right now uh, I'm showing uh, Buffalo is a seven and a half point dog, and the uh, the over and under is uh, 46 at Kansas City. Of course, Kansas City has pretty good D, but uh, you know, I mean, Buffalo is rolling. Their offense is rolling, and they're feeling comfortable with Fitzpatrick. They're feeling comfortable with uh, Lee Evans now, and who would have thought that? Well, on the other side of the ball, Mike, you've got the Kansas City Chiefs, and somebody needs to get to that coaching staff and tell them that Jamal Charles needs to get in the game. I know that uh, Thomas Jones had a had a nice little uh, nice little game last week, and and he continues to rack up yards on teams like the Jaguars. He threw up 125 yards last week. But look, if you want the Kansas City Chiefs to take that next step, it's not with Thomas Jones. Uh, it's with Jamal Charles, and look, he, he continues. Thomas Jones, he's seeing a significant role in this backfield. He's got four games with a, with 19 plus carries this season, and and the Bills, week eight, they they rank last in the league against the run. So I mean, look, okay, this is a week you're gonna throw Thomas Jones in, you're gonna throw Jamal Charles, you're gonna start them both. But I just think if if you're a Chiefs fan, you you know what you're going to have to – you've got to see Jamal Charles get into the game, especially when these games start to crank up in importance and the defenses start to look around and figure out that, hey, the only thing they've got is a ground game. They can't stop us. Uh, We can stop them through the air. Yeah, you know, I agree, Scott, and it's going to be a 20-and-20 type deal with uh, Charles and Jones right now, Uh, especially against Buffalo and uh, down the road. Uh, you know, it's going to be 20 carries. It's going to be a first and first and third, a second and fourth quarter type deal. Uh, and now you got Doug McCluster too. Can't forget about him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean he's going to be a big factor in, in that offense uh, because they they do have some weapons. Uh, Castle. I mean, he's got he's got to be loving things, especially Dwayne Bowe finally showed up for Kansas City and caught a couple passes and they happened to be touchdowns. So, uh, I mean, Dwayne Bowe showing up, uh, the whole team is uh, building around, uh, you know, what they're doing. So, I, you know, i got to start any running back from Kansas City in this game, but i also got to start any player from Buffalo in this game because I think this is a shootout. This game, the over and under is 46. I think that is way too low. This game goes way over the 46. Wow, yeah, you're right about that. 46, that could be a that could be a 35-34 type game, Mike. You've got uh, C.D. Johnson, this kid from Kentucky. That's your boy right there. Uh, Ten targets last week, and he made the most of them. Eight for 158 and a touchdown against the Ravens. Evans had a big day. Listen, my buddy Ralph, he uh, he called me up or he texted me right before the game, and he said, man, 
I know I've got a sad situation here, but uh, Evans or Nate Washington, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, man, you got to go Nate. Kenny Brown, no, no. you got to go oh, Nate. No. And, and Evans, Evans goes off for his career day, six for 105 and three on 10 targets. Uh, wow. Okay, it's Baltimore. Uh, hello, meet meet Fitzpatrick. Uh, that was that was a fun yeah. uh, a fun day. Let, let's move it. Let's move it forward, Mike. Let's let's move it on. We got this game here. This Minnesota at the New England Patriots. The hits keep coming for Minnesota. Fog's been limited. Who knows if this streak will continue, Mike? He's got this foot and angle injury. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, he was limited on Friday, so at least he did get out there. And uh, on the other side of the ball, Branch is a little dinged up. He's been limited all week with this hamstring. But Tom Brady is still looking fantastic. I don't care what you say about him. He's still getting the job done. He's controlling that team and controlling that offense. Uh, they, they, they're they getting the job done. You, you would think that the Jets might be able to have a little uh, edge on them, but they're right there with them. They've lost that one game. That's all they've lost. And they're just sitting here stalking the Jets, waiting for the Jets to slip up. And before you know it, they'll be right there in the league. They took the they took the Chargers to task last week. I lost my butter burger bet against you, Danny Woodhead. He was inside the clock <laughs> two nine times, man. He rolled down there to the two yard line. They drug him down, and then they put in the law firm. They put in Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. So I think we're gonna see more of that. But I really still like Danny Woodhead in this offense, Mike. But he got he has a tough matchup this week against Minnesota. I think we're gonna see a little bit of Tom Brady airing it out this week. Yeah, yeah, Tom Brady's going to air it out. Uh, I don't think there's going to be much of a running game at all as as far as New England goes. Uh, as far as uh, Minnesota goes, <laughs> Brett Favre is going to be I mean, I am so sick and tired of this. Where is it going to? I mean, you know, it's just like I heard on the show today. I mean, can you see Brett Favre going to Chile and saying, well, uh, I'm going to play today, and Chili's saying, well, no, you're not. Well, Brett Favre's going to be like, well, uh, no, I'm playing today, okay? Yeah. So just step back there, old guy, and let me do my thing. So Brett Favre is going to play. Uh, I think Minnesota is going to give uh, New England all they can handle, but, uh, you know, it's it's the, it's the one of the weaker of the NFC what versus one of the better, the AFC, and right now the AFC wins out. Uh, you know, New England, looks, they look that good. I want to say it right now, I love Percy Harvin. This player uh, is going to be something really, really special. He reminds me of Steve Smith with a bigger frame and can can uh, can run the ball. Mike, he had five catches for 65 yards along with three carries for 41 yards against the pack last week. And, look, that gives him 13 catches and four touchdowns in three games since the Vikings reacquired Randy Moss from the New England Patriots. And, and look, Minnesota takes on those same Patriots this week. This is a nice grudge match for Moss here. So I think that the, the coverage for New England is going to roll over to Moss to make sure that he doesn't stop them. So Harvin just may continue to find this success with Moss drawing this significant defensive attention here. So, uh, yeah, look, yep. New England's allowed the, they've allowed the fourth most receptions to opposing wideouts this year. I'm looking at it. Uh, it's about an average of 24 fantasy points to the position. And i tell you what, I think the Vikings are going to take advantage of, of Harvin's versatility and use him out of the backfield. They've been using him the last couple of weeks. There's no reason that shouldn't continue this week, especially with farm status up in the air. Harvin is a very strong starter this year. If you got him, you're feeling good. Well, you know, I kind of agree with that. Uh, New England, they give up points. Uh, they've given up points all year long. Um, you know, I think Harden would be a, a good option. I, I think Shianko, I mean, he would be a good option too. Uh, but as far as uh, Minnesota's offense, uh they're, they're going to go Adrian Peterson, Peterson all day long this time. Uh, I've never been a, a huge Peterson fan, but uh, this week, you know, I, I feel like Peterson, uh, this could be a butter burger bet. But I, I see Peterson scoring 30 fantasy points at least. 
347-324-5404 is the number. I haven't uh, checked out the switchboard today. We've been a little too busy trying to get through these games, so sorry if you were on the air, uh, if you were on the line there. I apologize about that. We've got a great crew here in the chat room. If you have a question, feel free to ask them. That's why they're here. They're, they've got plenty of wisdom and experience in the high stakes world. They've been putting up thousands of dollars. You've got $100,000 winners here in this chat room, Mike, uh, big-time players that would be happy to help you guys out if you have a question. I've got day drinker Josh in the chat room. He's a big Arizona fan. Let's move to Arizona, Mike. Uh, Tampa Bay at Arizona this week. And, uh, look, this this new kid on the block for Tampa Bay, LeGarrette Blunt, uh, he was limited a little bit this, this, this past week in practice, but – this sounds like he's going to get his shot, Mike. I don't know if you watched last week, if you were able to see it, but he led the Bucks in carries last week, 11 carries for 72 yards, albeit against the Rams. And it looks like Cadillac, has, he, he's, he's back down to like third down duty. He had eight receptions and a receiving touchdown in the game, but Blunt looks like he could be in line for the early down, the goal line work. You know, yeah. no matter how the workload is split up between the two here, uh, look, Tampa Bay is going to take on the Cardinals. They've allowed the six most fantasy points, Mike, to opposing running backs. So, Blunt could build on his success from last week. And if you've got Blunt, I, I just cut Blunt last week in the World Championship. So, I, you know how I'm feeling, how I'm feeling right now. But, I mean, I wouldn't expect 20 carries. But, look, 15 carries, solid yards, maybe a touchdown. It doesn't look like it's out of the question for LeGarrette Blunt. No, no, it doesn't. Uh, you know, I've got this. I've got this kid in a couple of dynasty. Well, actually, one dynasty league, and uh, I'm going to stay with him uh, because he's been that solid. Uh, you know, it's funny because I, I would love to. Uh, I'd love to hear what uh, Josh has to say about uh, Chris Wells and uh, the whole Arizona offense. Uh, you know, yeah. what do they have? Why? Why is Arizona a three-point favorite against Tampa Bay? And the and the over and under is thirty nine and a half. What tells me that Arizona's going to stop Tampa Bay and keep this game under the thirty nine and a half? Uh, what tells me that Arizona is a three point favorite? Uh, is it uh, Derek Anderson? I mean, who's starting the quarterback? I don't even know. And how Max strong Hall, is Max, uh, Hall, Max Hall starting the quarterback, Mike? And they they simplified the game plan for him. So what does that tell you? You're going to see a lot of Beanie Wells and uh, Tim Hightower this week. So, look, Wells had 14 carries last week for 54 yards and a touchdown. Hightower only had six carries for 59 yards. And, and look, Hightower's in the doghouse right now after that fumble last week. So, it looks like Wells could start laying the groundwork for this midseason resurgence. I know that's what uh, or Josh is hoping for. But I see it coming, Mike. I think this is the time that Wells starts to get things rolling against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay cannot stop the run. They're one of the worst in the league at attempting to stop the run. And so I think that's why you're seeing that that spread. But I, I'm kind of like you, Mike. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't think they're three points better, even if they're, even if they're at home. It's Max Hall and, and Breston's injured and Doucette's injured. And Tampa Bay is, is an up-and-coming team here. Yes, they are. I mean, they've already shown it, and uh, the coach has already said, "Look, uh, you know, we're, you know, our record is what it is, but uh, we're we're even better than that, you know, uh, you know, and that's just coach state, but uh, you know, I, I like that, and I like where he's coming from, and uh, they they've shown that they can uh, beat some teams, and uh, whether it's on the road or at home." Well, let let let's move on to your side of the of, of the of the grounds here, Mike. Your Dallas Cowboys Monday night in that debacle. They looked great in the first quarter, and then all of a sudden, Romo's out with the shoulder. In comes Kitna, and uh, then the Dez Bryant show continues. But look, they had no answers for Bradshaw. They had no answers for <laughs> Hakeem Nix. Uh, they didn't have any answers for Eli Manning, who went absolutely. Eight crap on those guys. Twenty-five for thirty-five, three hundred and six and four. You throw that into a great running game. Bradshaw twenty-four for one hundred and twenty-six. Jacobs for a twelve seventy-five and a touchdown. But this team was not. This, they were not stoppable. Okay, on defense, the Dallas Cowboys simply gave up, Mike, and that does not bode well for the rest of this season. 
No, it doesn't, Scott. And it's it's really uh, as a Cowboy fan, it's really frustrating to watch uh, when when a quarterback goes down and you bring your your backup quarterback John Kitten in, and the whole team deflates. It's just like, oh my gosh! I mean, it took them two freaking quarters to figure out that hey, we got to start playing football now. Then that tells me that somebody along the coaching line or in the chain of activities is not doing their job because when Kitna came in, they were not ready. This is a team in disarray. I I don't like it. I, I don't like it one bit. Uh, you know, we keep talking about the fact that they will not use the running game. They will, they will not rely on uh, Marion Barber. Uh, even to, to short choice, for goodness. I mean, these Felix Jones is a, is a beast. They've got to rely on them right now. But they also have to understand that John Kidna is a very viable backup. Well, he's no longer a backup. He's a starter. And this is what's got to happen for Dallas. Uh, they're a uh, seven-point favorite against uh, Jacksonville, and that's way too many points in my opinion. But, you know, they've got to break out, and they got the breakout player in Des Bryant. Yeah, you're right. He did break out, and uh, look, Romo's expected to miss what six, eight weeks at least here with that he's injury. Done, maybe, he's done for the year. maybe longer. Um, he's just making his first start. Yeah, yeah. I think you, I think you have to free up that roster spot. Every roster spot is so valuable here. Kitten will make his first start since 2008 when he played for the Lions with Mark. And uh, look, the Jags have allowed. Well, it wasn't Mark. I think Mark was gone by then. But the Jags have allowed. Uh, what the, they've allowed the most passing touchdowns in the league through seven weeks and a, nearly 20 points a game to opposing quarterbacks. So, look, Kitna has enough talent around him in the offense to play very effectively in Romo's place, uh, particularly in favorable matchups like this one. This is one of those weeks, Mike, and I think he makes for a very solid bye week replacement for week eight. If you were sitting on Matt Ryan wondering what you were going to do, or, or something along that line, you're, you're feeling pretty good about being able to plug in a John Kitna uh, off the waiver wire this week. Now, Absolutely. Scott. I don't know if that's going to be You know, I'm sitting there with a Eli Manning, and I'm going, uh-oh, bye week. And then, uh, you know, you just bid it up and uh, get, your, uh, get your Kitna for this week and uh, go from there. And who knows? I mean, I can I can never see myself starting Kitna uh, ahead of Manning, but uh, you know I mean this is going to be a perfect uh, uh, plug-in, so that's that's perfect. Look, Austin Miles Austin has a case of the dropsies, man. I don't know what else to call it. Three catches, thirty-eight yards. He missed a touchdown, an easy touchdown early in the game. Witten looked a whole lot better. Thirteen targets for Witten. Uh, he beat me again, uh, world championship. That's now five losses for me uh, under five points, Mike. That's the kind of year it's been for me in the world championship. But I am scoring points. I've got, I'm right there in position to strike it again in the points. I scored, look, I scored 166 points, and he scored 169 in the world championship. I mean, how do you lose scoring 166? Well, the guy gets a, a late catch by Witten to put me put me out. But, uh, you know, I had Nicks, he had Witten, and he had – he had Steve Smith too, I think. So, and I had the Giants yeah. D. Giants D didn't get it done. Right. And on 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 a side note, uh, when you're one and five, you have a you you always have a case of the dropsies. When you're five and one, you never never miss that pass. You always catch it. So it's it's a mindset. It's with the team. It's what's happening. When you're one and five, you drop those passes. When you're five and one, you catch them all the time. Yeah. That's a really that's a really good point. I, I agree with that. I see that all the time. Let's look at this matchup. Green Bay at the New York Jets, Mike. Uh, this will be a game here. Look, Green Bay is the class of their division, and that's not saying much. But uh, Driver uh, didn't practice all week. He's been limited. Uh, he was limited on Friday with that quad injury. He did finally practice. Uh, Revis, on the other side of the ball, was a full practice. So, Revis will be back on one side, Cromartie on the other. I think this is one of those James Jones-type games, Mike. James Jones looked a whole lot better last week uh, due to, uh, you know, the, the injury to uh, Donald Driver and to, and to Finley. 
four catches, 107 yards on eight targets. Uh, Jennings looked better, but I think this is a James Jones week, don't you, Mike? I mean, uh, the Jets allow that slot receiver quite a lot of points uh, in this in, in this system here. So, what do you what do you think about James Jones getting the start? I think James Jones is going to uh, probably uh, get. I don't think he'll get 100 yards receiving. I don't think he'll score a touchdown. Uh, this, this game sets up uh, beautifully for uh, Sean Green and uh, Ladanian Tomlinson. Uh, five of the last seven games, Green Bay has given up over 120 yards rushing. Wow. Five of the last seven. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the New York Jets, they're gonna, it's going to be ball control, ball control, ball control. And when Green Bay has it, it could be panic attack mode. Uh, the Jets are a six-point favorite right now, and the over and under is only 42. So that's a very low number for these two teams. Uh, so I, I really think it's going to be a, a ball control uh, game by uh, the New York Jets. And uh, if you have uh, LT or Sean Green, uh, I'd start them both and just uh, let them go. Yeah, well, that's, that's that's a good observation there for uh, for Green Bay. They're going to struggle with LT and Sean Green for sure. I'm just a little curious to see how they come back. How does Rex Ryan prepare his team after a bye week? Let's face it, the good coaches, good coaches, uh, the Lou Holtz and, and and the Paul Bryant, all these guys, Tony Dungy's, coming off of a bye week, you don't lose that game. Andy Reid. He's undefeated lifetime coming out, coming you know off of a bye week. This, these these are good coaches. They prepare you for that game, and and I just hope that Rex Ryan you know has that kind of discipline for his team, man. And I'm just praying that they don't come off of a bye week having two weeks to prepare for the Packers and just flopping here. So I'm very worried about this game. I, I, I've got this 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 old Jet fan in me that's just waiting for the other shoe to drop and. And this is the type of uh, thing that that we've become uh, well, we've become accustomed you know, to, right? Scott, I mean, that's that's what that's Scott, what happens all the time with the Jets. So, well, Mike, that's a good point you to bring up with any team. Uh, it just, it depends on the character, uh, the character of the team, uh, the makeup of the team. Uh, what's going to happen coming off the bye week? How is that uh, whole week off? How is that structured? Uh, does the coach, uh, you know, do they does he have them doing this? Doing that, uh, just spending time with the family, just taking the week off, hopefully, uh, you know, to get healthy, uh, be injuries or whatever. Uh, you, you know, you don't know. Uh, it's it's a tough situation when you're uh, when you really don't know what's going on. Uh, but when I, you know, when I hear Rex Ryan, when I hear his players, when I heard Bart Scott on the show the other day, uh, these guys are going to be ready. So. I, you know, I'm not I'm not a jet lover, but uh I'm a I'm a Rex Ryan believer right now. I can tell you that. Well <laughs> uh it's still yet to be seen. Mike. Let's move it over to this uh San Francisco situation. Obviously, look, we said several weeks ago, I said on my show that they need to bench Alex Smith and they need to put in not David Carr but Troy Smith. Well, a little bit of the same situation here. Alex Smith goes out with the shoulder and <laughs> You think it's David Carr's turn, but it's really not. In comes Troy Smith. Now, this is the question here. They're playing Denver. What is going to happen here? Are they going to be able to get this ball out vertically, or are they just going to say, you know what, we're handing the keys over to Frank Gore. This is Frank Gore's team. It's always been Frank Gore's team. For us to think otherwise is just silly. Look, Gore is the man. 19 carries, 100 yards, four catches, 57. That's Frank Gore. That's what he does, you know. And, and against the Panthers, you know, again, he just got it done, and, and, and it's every week like that. It's, it's like clockwork. Now they're playing the Broncos. Brian Dawkins is back. Uh, that's going to be something to watch in this secondary here. I wouldn't like to be, you know, Vernon Davis or Crabtree out there rolling around with Brian Dawkins itching to get back here. Royal, Eddie Royal's been limited all week long. He finally did come in and, and practice fully on Friday, Mike, with his groin injury. I'm thinking about – Getting Royal into my lineup, I'm, I'm not sure how I'm going to do it yet. I'm, I'm going to have to consider either Royal or Crabtree. What would you do in this spot here? Do you do you feel more confident with Royal uh, against San Fran, or would you would you keep Crabtree in there with the new quarterback? 
Uh, well, first off, uh, this game is it, it, it really peels me. It, 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 it upsets me. Uh, this game is going to be in London. Uh, I don't know what the weather is going to be over there. Uh, chances are it's probably going to be rain. Uh, I don't like the fact that they're doing this game over there, but now that I've got that off my chest. Um, if it rains a whole lot, it's going to be Frank Gore all day long. Uh, Denver, Denver is a very upset team. They're very, they're they're a very embarrassed team. They got embarrassed by a, a rival that, you know, the Raiders. That let's face it, they're not that good. So uh, the Raiders or uh, Denver is upset about the fact of what happened to them. Um, when you look at uh, offensive, defensive, and uh, back and forth, uh, San Francisco to me is a better team. I would take Crabtree, and I think Gore will have a big day. And I think that sets it up for Orton and Gaffney or, uh, you know, on the uh, Denver uh, Denver side. Gaffney could have a huge day. I mean, I know I already said it, but uh, that's just the way I see this game setting up. But uh, you got to watch the weather. You, you never know over there. Yeah, there's uh... – Let's move on to this New Orleans game, Mike. I would have never dreamed in a million years that Colt McCoy would have beaten Drew Brees. He knocked me down on my survivor pool. I'm still alive. It is a two-loss oh. survivor pool. First one I've ever seen like that. Uh, but, yeah, I, did, I got another chance, but I, I did take the Saints against Colt McCoy. It only made sense, right? But uh, let, let, let's, let's see what this game offers. Pittsburgh at New Orleans. I'd love to see what the spread is on this game. I, I – with New Orleans banged up, with Pierre Thomas out again, Reggie Bush still out, uh, Chris Ivory, you know, look, they couldn't run on, they could not run on uh, Cleveland. There was nowhere to run on Cleveland. He, Ivory couldn't get loose. Uh, Betts, they, they, they put in there on those uh, passing situations, and he definitely racked up eight catches, uh, ten targets. And you saw Colston come back to life just because they were behind all day, but uh, Peyton Hillis was the story of the day. They could not stop Peyton Hillis. This Hillis kid, I'm telling you, he's one of my favorite running backs in the league right now, Mike. This this yeah. Peyton Hillis, he's he's one of my favorites. He's averaging seventy percent of his yards, I read, after contact. That's wow, awesome. That's I mean incredible. That's incredible. And he's forced, yeah, he's forced five missed tackles. This kid is really something to watch. And now he gets a bye week, but New Orleans doesn't and they get to play Pittsburgh, who, yeah, look, they've been winning with uh, Roethlisberger throwing it through the air. I have to think that they're going to come back to the ground game to beat New Orleans, wouldn't you think? I mean, the ground game is what works against New Orleans, so why not go back to it? Well, I'll tell you what, Scott, right now, uh, you know, this game has a scary spread to it. Uh, Right now, uh, New Orleans is minus one, and this is one upset team, like I said. I mean, they are really upset about the fact that they had lost. Um, New Orleans is a one-point favorite, and the over and under is 44 and a half. So that, uh, that, that again, that's another uh, game that screams, screams of points. Uh, I, love, uh, I love Pittsburgh in this game. Um, New Orleans has got to find a way to get something going offensively. Uh, is it going to be Ivory? You know, can Ivory run against an AFC defense? The AFC has proven over and over throughout the last, no. I don't know, three, four weeks that uh, they are superior. Uh, yeah. Can Ivory do that? You know, I, I don't know. No. No. I, I, I don't think he can. And I, and I think if New Orleans is going to win this game, they're going to win it behind the arm of Drew Brees, spreading the ball around. Getting the ball out there. This is at home in New Orleans on Sunday night. You've got to throw the ball. Pittsburgh is going to stop the run. They stop the run just like the Jets do, just like the Giants do. These are your best run-stopping teams in the league. Cleveland is not as good at stopping the run. They're they're formidable, but but New Orleans couldn't get anything going uh, in the game. And Cleveland, I'm telling you, they're they're a nice little defensive team. I like seeing what I'm what I'm seeing there from them. I'll tell you what, so New Orleans at home favored by one, that sounds like Pittsburgh just going to possibly roll this team. I mean, seriously. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, you look at the defending uh, Super Bowl champs, uh, and they're a one-point favorite, but they're coming off that loss to Cleveland. Uh, 
you know, I, I don't know. I, I still uh, I still like Pittsburgh in this game, but uh, it's you know as a as a betting man, that's untouchable mm-hmm. because it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me to see uh, New Orleans win uh, something like a, a forty two to twenty one type game. Yeah, well, we're, we we will we will see on my, on Sunday night. That's, a, that's that's really a couple of great games that we've got. So I'm I'm pretty excited to uh, to see those. All the all the fun those. games, Scott. Let's face it, are uh, you know, in my opinion, uh, four o'clock with uh, Minnesota, New England, and then uh, Sunday night, and then Monday night. You know, this is the week where you've got wide receiver three issues. Pretty much everybody's got them. You're trying to figure out which wide receiver three to start. And this Mike Williams kid, Mike Williams in Seattle, Mike, this is the real deal here uh, for for uh, Matt Hasselback. And now they're playing Oakland in Oakland. And what in the world got into Oakland last week? I mean, here you are. If you went and got some chips or some nachos or you went out to grill your burger or something and came back, <laughs> They're already dominating. Yeah, 30, 30 points in the first quarter or something like that, and, and McFadden went off. Look, you might have had McFadden on your bench. Very likely you may have. I, I, I did. I was lucky enough to start him because I was desperate, and I, and I went ahead and threw him in there. But 16 for 165 and three, two catches, 31 and one. I mean, that's just an incredible stat line. And they just pounded. They pounded on the hapless Broncos all game long, Mike. So, what do you make of this Oakland team? Is this? Is, are we going to see more of this this week? Or because if, if if we do, Seattle's in for a long, long day. Well, uh, you know, that was a funny game because uh, you know I didn't see it until I got home from work, and uh, you know I, I'm looking at it, I'm going. Okay, well, in in one of the seventy in my seventy seven league in the uh, FFPC, I'm going. Well, I got Britt. Well, I got McFadden. I'm going. Holy cow! I'm rocking up some points. And uh, you know, I didn't realize what Oakland had did. I mean, they had really pounced on them quick. Uh, but this week, uh, you know, against Seattle, it could be a different story. Uh, Seattle could be one of the better NFC teams going right now. The reason I say that, they have a weaker division. Uh, they can. There's no doubt in my mind that they can handle Oakland as long as the mistakes don't accumulate. Let's face it, Oakland, they pounced on them uh, because of mistakes. They pounced on Denver because one mistake after another, and next thing you know, Denver was in desperate mode. So now, with this game coming up against Seattle, uh, I think Seattle has every bit of a chance to uh, to come back and uh, you know win this game as a two and a half point dog. Hey, I like Seattle in this game. Lynch seemed to really the beast, right? Beast mode, Marshawn Lynch. He seemed to submit his role as a Seahawks ball carrier, the primary carrier last week against the Cardinals. He had 24 carries for 89 yards. We all saw it. For set, his backfield mate only had nine carries. That happened quick, Mike. So Seattle travels to take on the Raiders in Week Eight, and Lynch might be able to continue to see this success here. I'm, I'm look. Oakland's allowed the second most fantasy points in the league to opposing running backs. So given the lack of explosive options elsewhere in the offense, you do have Mike Williams again. Uh, probably being locked down on awesome wall, but that hasn't been that scary for uh, wide receivers. Look, Dominic Rogers Cromartie had his shot at Mike Williams last week and got torched by him. So, you know, Lynch just keeps 20-plus carries. He could easily find the end zone after not scoring last week. I've got Marshawn Lynch, McFadden, and Arian Foster, and Javid Best. I've got to bench one of these guys, and I'm still not sure what I'm going to do. Well, you know, another thing with the uh, Seattle-Oakland game is, uh, you know, Oakland last week, I mean, it feels it, it's a lot easier to run. It's a lot easier to catch passes. It's a lot easier to do everything in the world when your defense scores you two, three touchdowns just right off the bat. I mean, things just flow. So, uh, you know, I don't think that's going to happen that easily against Seattle. Hey, Lance is uh, in the chat room bashing the Seahawks, saying they'll be lucky to make the playoffs. 
I don't know, Mike. I, I think Seattle's got a very legitimate shot at keeping this thing rolling in this second half of the season. I, I really like what the Seattle defense brings to the table. You don't see them in the bottom of the statistical categories anymore like you once did. They they still allow, uh, you know, some of the passing game, but they're middle of the road. They're, they're a little bit better than average against the run. They don't allow the tight ends over the middle. Uh, they're really the complete pack. Carroll has this team rolling, Mike. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, I, I, I kind of like this. Seattle going to Oakland, I, I think this is a game. Look, Murphy's out. Lewis Murphy's out. That's their only wide receiver weapon they have. Zach Miller's been limited all week, so you know what they're going to do. They're going to try to roll that coverage over to him and, and make the make Darren McFadden beat you. But the problem is Seattle doesn't allow a lot on the ground. And so I, I think, uh, look, I kind of like what Seattle's doing right now. I don't know how else to say it. I think Mick, I think this is going to pose a problem for Oakland. Now, they were able to jump out on the Broncos, but Broncos dead last against running backs, okay? That's why they did that. It's not going to be so easy against Seattle. No, so, no. And, 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 you know, it's like what I said, Scott. I mean, you know, I mean, what's the chances of giving up, uh, you know, two defensive touchdowns just right off the bat and then another touchdown and then next thing you know, you're down 21 nothing. I mean, this – that that's only lightning in a bottle. That will not happen again this year. So uh, uh, Oakland, they better be ready for Seattle because uh, I, I like Seattle to win this game. Yeah, I do too. I, I agree with you finally, and uh, I'm waiting for the skies to open up on me. Tennessee at San Diego. <laughs> Mike, I had a bet with you a couple of weeks ago about Kenny Britt. I told you that Tennessee – uh, this this kid Kenny Brett was the real deal, and we I lost a butter burger bet, you know. But yep. look, you you didn't you you had some negative things. Look, this Kenny Brett threw up fifty on a team. He was benched last week, and and wow, this kid has proven that corners cannot handle this physical kid when he's out there. And I, I don't know. Look, San Diego's gonna have a very tough time against this team. I I, I might see that. I might see Kenny Brett. Uh, playing a little bit more of a decoy this week and letting Chris Johnson run the show because this is Chris Johnson's team. Oh, if they're going to beat, if they're going to beat San Diego, it's going to be through Chris Johnson. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, they got to go through Chris Johnson. Uh, Tennessee, uh, you know, I, I mean, Britt, Britt, Kenny Britt, his numbers and his uh, fashion, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Kevin Walter. It's feast or famine. I mean, you're going to get a whole lot or you're, you're going to get nothing. So uh, this week, I don't know. I, I'm not banking on Britt. I uh, had a friend of mine uh, ask me about should I start Britt or uh, I forget who they brought up uh, else. But uh, I was like, man, I don't know because Britt is, mm. I mean, he's, he's been on fire. But uh, should you start him again this week? I don't know. Is Y3? Sure. Look, uh, San Diego is not a joke either. They've got the number one offense in the league uh, points. They've got the number one defense allowed in the league, uh, number of yards allowed. But they've got the most turnovers in the league, and they have the worst special teams. That all spells the demise of the San Diego Chargers and the way they've opened this season, Mike. So you can't – even if you put your offense and your defense out there on the field and you dominate those two areas – you still got special teams, and you still have to hang on to that football. Two very important aspects of, of the NFL. Back to fantasy for a second. We called Patrick Creighton as our lock startable wide receiver last week. He got 13 targets last week, 7 for 82. He didn't get in the end zone like we had hoped, or that would have been a nice 21-22 point game. Uh, Antonio Gates did get involved, and when he got involved, he catches the ball and he catches touchdowns. He he could have had another touchdown. He was very dangerous last week. He could have had on a on a gimpy practice week. He could have been very very huge, but he still put up a very nice game for for owners. The question is, I don't know if you benched him or not, but uh, Rivers another 300 yard performance. Uh, they, they should be able to do that again. Uh, Tennessee is. Is a formidable opponent on defense, Mike. This is a team that's primed, and, and and they're in that division where they know they have to take on the Texans and the Colts, and they they know how to get it done against the air. But I, who, who's who's favorite in this game? Because I know Floyd's out still, Nene's out, Kading's still got an injury. He's out. 
Gates did practice fully. Who, who, who's this, what's the spread in this game? Uh, San Diego, Tennessee. Uh, San Diego's minus three and a half. Wow. Okay. What's well, the over under? Did you add that? Over and under is four and a half, 44 and a half, and uh, that sounds about right. But, uh, you know, just because uh, San Diego's at home, uh, that's three points, so you might as well call it uh, call it even game. So it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me either way if uh, Tennessee wins. Yeah. Man, that is going to be a good one. Look, Matt Stafford's back this week against, uh, uh, against the Redskins. And he's going to need it. He has a lot of weapons because this Ryan Terrain kid had his second consecutive 100-yard rushing game against the Bears. He had 21 carries for a buck and a quarter. Now, the Bears kept him out of the end zone, but he's averaged over five yards a carry and had 20 or more carries in each of the past two games. He's emerged as the Redskins' primary ball carrier, bar none. And it's another favorable matchup, Mike, against the Lions. They've allowed over 24 fantasy points per game. They're dead last. Uh, Portis is going to be out longer. Forget him. Uh, terrain has made that irrelevant. Look, this terrain, if you pick terrain up, you have to have him in the lineup right now. Unbelievable. Yeah. You have to, you have to have terrain, but uh, I think he's, I think he's going to disappoint. And the reason I say that is uh, Washington is almost dead last against the pass. Uh, Stafford, yep. he's – Brand new, coming back, and, uh, you know, he's ready to go with uh, Calvin Johnson and that whole unit. Uh, looks like the Detroit, they've gotten better and better and better. Uh, the over-under in this game is 45, one of the highest on the boards. Uh, wow. As far as over and so, uh, you know, Vegas is saying that uh, these guys are going to score. Somebody's going to score, and it's not going to be Donovan McNabb especially. So uh, I see uh, I see this game being very very high scoring with uh, Matt Stafford making his uh, comeback again and uh, Calvin Johnson and uh, Javid Best uh, you know the whole team is going to have a, a lot of fun so that's why I'll be very cautious if you have another running back instead of Terrain I would go with the other one. Man, very, very hard to shut him down. But I do like the inside, Mike. I like how you bring it in that game. McNabb's been limited. He has not one but two bad hammies. He did practice fully on Friday. Cooley was limited and did come back and practice fully on Friday with the foot injury. And then Javid Vest, he's been limited all week with his damn toe injury that they, the coach said he will probably suffer with all season long. I don't think I could bench terrain for under any circumstances. I could still see a shootout, like you're saying, but I think with that offense, uh, Washington will still get in the uh, end zone several times this week. McNabb is only throwing one touchdown per game, and if that's the case, Mike, uh, he hasn't had a multiple touchdown game, you're going to have to see a couple of rushing touchdowns, and that's Ryan Terrain, so I've got to get him in there. The last game on the docket that we didn't cover, Carolina at St. Louis, Here's the, the surgery news for Denario Alexander. That puts him out at least two to four weeks with that torn meniscus. D. Will is doubtful, so this is the Jonathan Stewart week that everybody's been waiting for. Uh, Jonathan Stewart gets a heck of a matchup uh, to play around with against St. Louis. They all improved, though. They're not the St. Louis Rams of last year. The St. Louis Rams of this year, Spagnuolo has them playing much better defense, and and let me just tell you something about Carolina on the other side of the ball. Since week one versus Knicks, Carolina has been shutting down wide receivers. They shut down the Bears, albeit Collins. They shut down San Fran, the Saints, the Bengals, the Bucks. They shut them all down. One of the best defensive units at the corner position in the league, Mike. So St. Louis has gone ahead. This is going to be Steven Jackson versus Jonathan Stewart. That's the type of game you're going to see here on Sunday. Well, you know what? Uh, that that's funny you said that, Scott, because that's one of the lowest as far as the over and under. The over and under in that game is thirty-seven. So uh, obviously, uh, St. Louis is shutting things down uh, defensively. Uh, so, uh, so is Carolina. Um, I like St. Louis minus the three. Uh, you know, and uh, Vegas is kind of hinging toward uh, Carolina. But the over and under is 37. I still like St. Louis minus a three. And uh, as far as the over and under, I wouldn't touch it. 
Yeah, we got about 20 seconds left in this show. I want to say congratulations to Robert Muldoon and Philip Kastner for taking over the lead in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. They're number one in the country right now in the SFPC. Awesome. Good job, gentlemen. We will see you next week in Red vs. Blue. Happy Halloween, job, everybody. Guys. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. Mike, we'll see you next week, my man. Have a good one. All right, man. You too. Take care.